Welcome to Garden Society. We are a sisterhood of women exploring holistic ways to rejuvenate from the rigors of daily life. We are wives and moms, sisters and girlfriends, bill payers, breadwinners, multitaskers, and peacemakers. We invite you to explore the possibility of elevating every day with our favorite plant. Grant yourself permission to chill out, smoke a joint, and get inspired to find your joy with us on Garden Society, the podcast. This gathering of the Garden Society is now in session. Good afternoon, morning, day, everyone, <laughs> depending afternoon. on when you're listening. Good afternoon. We are here, Garden Society, the podcast with the wonderful Amanda Jones from Kikoko. Thank you so much for coming in today. It's great to have Woo-hoo. you. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> um, so today we are talking about the grass and glass ceiling. So wonderful to have women in the room who are all trying to break down barriers, break that ceiling, crack it, and speak what's the word I'm looking for? Propel women (laughs) to the top. There we go. (laughs) Um, So Amanda, thank you so much for being here today. Amanda um, actually studied neurophysiology. Did I get that right? Yes, At University of Auckland in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. You noticed that lovely, beautiful accent of hers. So she did that before actually working in fashion. So she was at Vogue and Esprit de Corps, which I remember from childhood. That's beautiful. Um, (laughs) Shows how old I am. (laughs) Amanda was also a journalist with the LA Times, Condé Nast, Meredith Corp, among others, and most recently founded Kikoko with Jen, her co-founder. Kikoko is a cannabis-infused tea company. They make beautiful, beautiful cannabinoid-specific teas. I I absolutely love them. They're so relaxing, and they go lovely with a little bit of our uh, Garden Society chocolate. Absolutely. (laughs) Just a tiny bit. You don't want to overdo it on either side. (laughs) So Kikoko is really driven to to um, helping women take charge of their wellness. And I really, I love that. I think that's a beautiful message to send out to women, especially in this high stress time um, in our culture right now. So thank you for being here. Oh, it's great to be here. It's wonderful. Um, So I would love to just start out by hearing your journey, kind of how you, I love, love to hear when we have guests that are in cannabis, sort of what brought you to cannabis? What um, was that spark that helped you found Kikoko and kind of how you and Jen um, worked together? Well, Jen and I have been friends for 25 plus years, again, showing my age, but um, we've been friends for many, many years, very good friends. And so uh, we just, and we also had another friend with cancer and she was very sick with cancer and was using cannabis to help her with her symptoms, like as one does, as people do with cancer, it helps a lot. But she, back in those days, which was five years ago, the deep, dark days of the cannabis world, uh, she couldn't find anything that was titrated really low enough on THC for her that she was just getting so baked and it was just, she was becoming dysfunctional. So she was talking, one time she was so baked, she couldn't even stand, she couldn't walk. She was on hands and knees going to the bathroom. And she rang up Jan, actually, and she said, I have a great idea because Jan, it's confusing, but Mm -hmm. Jan was the one with cancer and she was a marketer. She was very clever and Mm -hmm. had done much, a lot of branding and a lot of different products. And she said, I have a great idea. There is a real white space here for products for women 
marketed for women, beautifully packaged. Back in those days, most of the, you'll remember those days when oh most of them was yeah. like, you know, a brown, a homemade brownie wrapped in a tie-dye packet with a big fat weed leaf on it. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, we don't, people don't all want that lying around their house. Some people want something different in lower doses. So we said, okay. Well, and then Jen calls me up and says, well, what do you think of this idea? And I said, and and Jen, my wonderful, fabulous, amazing business partner, Jen Chapin, is a serial entrepreneur, thank God, because I am not. <laughs> uh, and she uh, she was working on another startup. And I just said to her, and she's worked on a lot of startups, some of which have taken off, some of which did not. And it, there'd been a bit of a dry spell and a lot of ideas and and none of them had really come to fruition. But she was working on one. And I said, Jen, you got to do that one. That is a really, really good idea. Mm-hmm. Women need this. We need it. And particularly women of our age who were, at that point, we were kind of entering menopause. It was our late 40s, early 50s, and we were entering menopause. It was like we couldn't sleep and we were getting grumpy and bitchy and we were really so mood sleep sex was another issue mm-hmm. so we said no women need a product but they needed a product that they could rely on that yes. they knew wasn't going to knock them on their ass or make them ride the crazy train as we call it in house because <laughs> you don't want to be riding the crazy no. train <laughs> and we've all had that happen especially with those brownies in the tight end exactly package, where you don't exactly. know if the THC is in this corner or this corner yeah, exactly. <laughs> rice crispy rice was it treat with oh. the fruity pebbles oh, oh god yeah you're yeah. like no oh, <laughs> yeah and and so we 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 said okay and in fact I was at Terrapin Crossroads yesterday, oh, yeah. and that's where we founded our company over a, in a sunny day, having a wine outside. And now I don't drink wine anymore because mm-hmm. I drink cocoa and, and other cannabis products. Anyway, that's how we got started. It was because of Jan, our friend. Unfortunately, cancer took Jan. Oh, I'm so but, sorry. Uh, yeah, it was tragic, but as all cancer is. Beautiful yeah, dedication she, to her, really. Yeah, it really is. It it It's all because of her. That's incredible. I'm, oh, I have chills. That's such a great story. Now, you and Jen, how, did you guys meet early in your career? Or you no, could, it's a funny okay. story, actually. She never returned my phone call. <laughs> we were introduced. We had friends, similar circles. And the, the one friend said to me, oh, you've got to meet this woman, because I'm a big women's rights activist. Yes. And okay. Jen was working on a women's sports day event. And they said, oh, and I was working on another women's rights project, a book, actually. And she said, oh, you got to meet this fabulous woman, Jen Chapin. So I called up Jen Chapin, and Jen Chapin never returned my phone call. <laughs> so then about two years later, we ended up being bridesmaids in the same wedding. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, is that my funny? Gosh. And did you realize it? Were you like, oh, yeah. I was like, shaping. you bitch, <laughs> you never turn my phone calls. And and uh, anyway, so we became just instant, instant friends. It's fun to ha- sometimes have something funny to come together over yeah, and kind of totally. have this moment of like, oh, remember when? That's yeah, really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Very cool. And then so you worked in fashion, which I think is fascinating in terms of this glass ceiling that we talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about it, but just from, you know, stories I've heard or having, I worked in LA for a little while and you just tend, it tends to sort of be a similar, um, 
I guess, culture or feeling. I, wor- I worked in the entertainment industry. Right. And so, um, not that kind of entertainment, but. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, entertainment in LA, right? I did live in Van Nuys for a while. <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry, I digress. So I would just <laughs> love to understand sort of, and being a woman's right activist, understand how you apply that to building your culture at Kikoko. I had never really encountered the glass ceiling or even very much sexism because I'd always worked in female-oriented industries. Uh, fashion is pretty much female-dominated, mm-hmm. um, not always run, but the worker bees are women. And then journalism, I was on my own. I was a travel writer, so I was oh, okay. out in the back of beyond for 25 years. So I never really encountered it in, until I came to Kikoko, until we started Kikoko. And uh, I was shocked the first time we were going out for money, just what incredible assholes there are. <laughs> and so then we said, we sat down and we said, okay, we're going we're gonna to create six rules for our, our company. And rule number one is no assholes. I love that. We're too old. <laughs> yes. We've, we've encountered too many assholes before. We just, we simply don't need to put up with them anymore. We just don't and we mm-hmm. won't. Mm-hmm. And so we actually have them on the wall of our office, all six of them. And we really do make ourselves live by them because rule number one, actually people laugh. It is funny, but it's really not that funny because after you've had a meeting and you know what it's like when you're raising money. And you just feel ugh, around some people and you we say, okay, I'm going to invoke rule number one. I did not like that person. Or even for your team with having difficult conversations yeah. or interesting yep. team dynamics or as you're growing, you have new team members being added. I mean, we talk all the time, Carly and I, around how do we create a culture that's mm-hmm. warm and inclusive and accountable and has the behavior that we want at the core of our company. Exactly, exactly. And so, I think that rule applies internally as much as externally, right? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sometimes it's just not a good fit. Definitely. Um, but, but we are 80% women. And my husband calls us um, a sexist organization. I said, <laughs> so does mine. You know what? <laughs> so I'm fine. We've got thousands <laughs> yeah. of years to make up for. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, what's interesting that you said is um, something about like kind of trust, like that feeling that you get when you're in a room with someone that you just don't quite know what their intention is or where they're taking things or if they're taking you seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think as women in this movement to to break the, gra- the glass ceiling and the grass ceiling really is to trust those feelings that I think as a culture we've been taught to kind of push down and yep. not listen to because it's too emotional. Yep. And I think now if we can really – I think part of this, this movement is women and you can probably – say this better than I can with your background in feminism, but really like if we could listen to our bodies and our gut as women and then feel the confidence to really act on that instead of pressing it down or saying, oh no, I'm being too emotional, really embracing that and helping that give you strength and confidence to to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point because I do think we were raised, uh, at least I was, um, each generation gets better, so mm-hmm. yeah, and you're all younger than I am, but uh, that males were more right, that mm-hmm. we could be right, but they were more right. Uh, and it took me a long time to realize, uh, no, <laughs> that's just <laughs> that in itself is not right. So, yes, we do trust our guts. We really do, and we make ourselves accountable to that. And if we have a pact, Jen and I have a pact, that if one of us doesn't 
has this uncomfortable feeling, we have to listen to the other person. We had that with our uh, investor we were talking to last year when we were mm-hmm. doing our first round of fundraising. And the investor kept saying, oh, we didn't say that. We said this and kept changing mm. their word and mm. kept changing the deal and then kept coming to me and why I was being unreasonable and I was being emotional and oh, I boy. was pretty steady Eddie the whole time and we hadn't signed any paperwork yet. Carly yeah. and I talked a lot about it and we have a great advisor, Kevin, who's a guy, and we talked to him about it and we said no. And we said, yep. you know what, Good. this is supposed to be Good. easy. And if it's this hard this soon, something's wrong. And so taking the risk to trust your gut and say no, not knowing what was in front of us. Luckily, you know, a week later we found great investors and we got our yeah, funding of course you did, and like right? yeah. everything moved forward. But taking that risk to say, like, I'm not gonna let you call me names and gaslight me to say that I'm the one doing something wrong when mm. you're the one changing the conversation mm-hmm. and why is that my problem right and it it was a big risk and a big mm-hmm. decision but like a testament to trusting your gut yep good and now you. we're a lot better company because of it and have have a great foundation with these good investors yeah and hopefully you taught that investor a lesson too well they they now call us the one who got away oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the bad boyfriend in the closet, you know, that like still looks at your Facebook page. But I think that's a good testament to like saying no without burning the bridge and keeping the door open or like, you know, giving people, there is the opportunity to give people a second chance and help Mm -hmm. them understand like where they were wrong Mm -hmm. and where Mm -hmm. you have changed to maybe meet them better in terms of like business needs, but also draw a line in the sand in terms of how you're going to be treated. Right. Well, and that's, that's part of breaking the glass ceiling too, is we have to teach people how we want to be treated. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So as you guys are building your business, what do you kind of take from your background and work in feminism and apply that to how you're building your culture at Kikoko? Everything. You know, it's it's so funny because I always say that that this, who would have thought six, seven years ago, if you'd have said I'd been a cannabis maven, I would have thought you were insane. (laughs) But here I am. (laughs) And a marijuana maven. Uh, But we brought everything we'd ever done in our careers to this. Everything. That's why I always say to younger people, Go off and have those random life changes and those Absolutely. career changes yeah. because it all is part of what you, the skill set that you're garnering and that skill set will be much larger later on, which I feel. I feel like my neuroscience is coming in because of what we do, obviously. I love the neuroscience of cannabis. Um, then the fashion, because I do, I run the creative side with Julia, our design officer. You can tell. It's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) But you can also probably tell that there's a quirky take on fashion. Mm -hmm. We do all our own shoots. We own photos. We use real people for models, but um, it's definitely got a fashion bent to it. Um, we use fashion photographers. We we uh, go big on on that kind of, Mm -hmm. that's just who we are, but we make it quirkier than just straight up fashion. Uh, so there's that definitely, and then as far as the the women's rights and the feminism, one hundred percent. I mean, we gone out of our way to make it a culture where women are are equal, and in fact, gone a little overboard on that <laughs> regard. <laughs> but obviously, we're a women's company, so women are attracted to work definitely. for us. We don't have any, so we don't have any issues with that. Um, 
diversity. We we just get the most amazingly diverse people wanting to come to work for us. So we feel very lucky and they feel safe. And we, we have a lot of diversity in, in all, in genders mm-hmm. and in races and backgrounds. And the one thing that we get is it's so nice to be in a place where I can see myself and other people. That is really neat. I love that. And what you're saying is just resonating with me because having come from a corporate background where it felt like everyone that was coming in and churning, it was like the same people over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm. And there weren't a lot, like, it was kind of wild. Like the marketing team, it was like all people the same age. They all ha- were in the same stage of growth in their life. They all had similar backgrounds. And it was, and then they were coming in and I saw it over time because I was on the PR side and it was like the same ideas over and over again. And regardless of whatever the wine brand was, it was like- It was a cycle. It was, yeah. They were like, everyone was starting to target the same demographic because it was their demographic. Right. And it felt a little like, okay, where are we going? What is this building? And so I love that you have not just, I don't, yeah, not just gender diversity, but diversity in terms of perspectives and backgrounds Mm -hmm. and experiences Mm -hmm. that people have had and how you can apply that to build a healthy business and one that's authentic and resonates with people. I think that's something about Kikoko that as I'm out in the field and, and seeing people, people really resonate with it because it's relatable. It's aspirational, but it's also relatable. Yeah. So the, thank you. That's yeah. we try. We say we're we're for anybody twenty one to one hundred and one, and we that. literally have had. I don't know if you saw. I'm very proud of this, but I don't know if you saw our our Mother's Day campaign. I did. Yes. That was my mother in law. <gasps> oh, yeah. My oh ninety my year old that was conservative mother in law. Wasn't oh that great? Gosh, yes. I, I was so proud of her. They and had a photo of my now I know, my ninety year old mother in law in, in a bathing suit and a fur coat. Yes, you can find it on their Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, Kikoko underscore HQ. Okay, great. And we'll put that in the show notes too, because I thought that was a really powerful statement. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) It was really beautiful. So as we're talking about breaking this glass ceiling, we'll kind of come back to that. How do you talk about that with your your team as you're onboarding them and as you're building this culture of, of strong women, leaders in cannabis, I guess kind of like what do you do in terms of like building that culture? Well, it's I think it builds itself mm-hmm. in a large part. If you choose the right people, the culture exists. Mm-hmm. As far as building the culture, we try to be very um, flexible because I, I know what it's like to be a, a working mother. I've always been a working mother. So I know what a joyful thing it is when you have flexibility, when you can – no one's going to be like – if you've got a sick kid mm-hmm. or if, if you want to work from home or you have to go to the doctor or you, we are very flexible in that regard. I'm sure you are too. Mm-hmm. We are. Yeah, we have to be. Right. Well, it's part of the core. When we were both working corporate, I traveled full time. And so I couldn't stay pregnant, let alone like have a baby and right. do that. And Carly chose to quit her job versus commuting with a newborn. And so it's really core to our company is that flexibility mm-hmm. and that ability to say, Hey, this, this isn't a it shouldn't be either or. Yep, exactly. How do you integrate them? Yep, it's it's as long as you get your work done, we don't care where or when yep. you do it. Well, and that's so. I was just going to say something that I think creative or flexibility fosters is actually um, efficiency. So yep. people are more efficient and willing yep. to work harder because yep. you're giving. Yep. So yep. you're yep. allowing them to have a little more freedom, to have a little more flexibility, to live the life that they want while still holding a 
you know, full-time building their career. And I think that's part of this shift to um, a more feminine, I'll say, we were talking about feminine energy. So Mm -hmm. I don't mean this in a gender Mm -hmm. role, but like a more feminine workplace where there's that that flexibility. And then in turn, you get a lot more out of your employees because they're happy. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, uh, my husband took a, a photo of me in the bath recently. And and I said, I sent it to my team and I said, this is how we do business the women's way. And I was in the bath with a face mask on in a bubble bath with my computer. Right. (laughs) That's so You're good. Bold. You're bold. Yeah, I love that. My son would knock that computer. Oh no! Back. I have Jen gave me a tray. You can get one of these oh, trays. Nice. That is so cool. Oh so my gosh! I'm yeah. gonna take a note from that. Yeah. Right? I love it. After well, I remove all the cars out of my bathtub <laughs> from <right>. my daughter. <laughs> well, we talk a lot about as we're building. So we're hiring more people and we're mm-hmm. continuing to uplevel our team. Is we're having to spend a lot of energy around expected behavior and even though we offer flexibility, what does that mean? And so you're right in the quality of the people. Some of them are shocked and, you know, work harder and value that. But then we also are having Mm -hmm. to make some tough decisions because we're realizing that certain personalities are causing conflict. Right. They're they're not actually driving the culture we want. There's Mm -hmm. this accountability issue or whatever it is. And so it's something we talk about all the time is how do we create intentionally this culture and the accountability, but also the freedom that we all want. And I think the hard problem, probably like you and Jen, Carly and I are workaholics Mm -hmm. and like we work harder than anyone else on the team, not to discredit anyone else, but like- It's your company. Right. Right. And so how do we make sure we have realistic, like Carly checks me all the time. Are you being realistic to what, you know, employee X can handle or is good? I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Keep (laughs) shoveling. Keep shoveling. (laughs) But it's balanced balanced. between the two of us. So maybe you could talk a little bit about, um, I think something that women can really- whether they're starting a business or um, either whether it's a full-time business or um, a stay-at-home mom wants to start a part-time business, I think something that women can really find solace in in, that, in doing that is finding a partner. Oh um, my God, yes. Because, finding the right partner. Right, finding the right partner. So I would love, we actually, um, so we hosted um, a number of cannabis entrepreneurs at um mainstream entrepreneur event called Circular Summit a few weeks ago. We've talked about it a couple of times, but one of the questions was like, how do you main, one woman asked, how do you maintain your full-time job, but also build your business at the same time? You know, they were in a a position where they couldn't do, they had to do both. Oh, wow. So our, I mean, one of my main, when Aaron and I started, I couldn't come on full-time. Like I had to Mm -hmm. start part-time because I said, you know, I'm really focused on being a mom right now. Luckily, this was something that I love and it quickly propelled to doing a lot more than Carly's just like, that. I will only work two days a week. And I'm uh-huh. thinking in the back of my head, okay, I either got to get her really quickly over this or I'm screwed. <laughs> but Luckily, I, I got But I really it. wanted to be honest and, you know, no, true sure. to what I wanted. So I would love to just long-winded way of saying, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you and Jen balance yourselves or balance each other as partners. Yeah, we get asked this a lot, like, because it can go horrible wrong. It can. <laughs> it, it really can. Uh, amongst certain friends mm-hmm. that become business partners and then they're no longer friends. I would say it's just brought us closer together. The key thing for us is respect, mm-hmm. communication, but probably the best thing is that our skill sets are so different. And that so I run one side of the company and she runs the other. So uh, I run the creative side and the, the new product development side and she runs pretty much everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously 
we have a great team. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like we're doing way more than we are. We have fabulous women and men just doing these things for us. But uh, she oversees one part and I oversee what I'm good at. So Mm -hmm. the beauty of where I am in my life right now, and 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 we're in this up-leveling. We're using the term up-leveling. I think you're at the same stage. Up-leveling, where we just want to get out of the weeds and do what we're best at doing for the company. Oh, my gosh, yes. We talked about it this morning. Mm -hmm. Right? It's so important to get – and you can't do that for the first time several years you can't you just can't do it because you just have to do everything Mm -hmm. and get involved in everything but now we're at the point of okay we've got people that really know what they're doing and we can we can delegate and it's hard that transition Mm -hmm. of delegation where you say I'm going to let go I'm going to let go the reins and somebody else is going to pick them up can be difficult but once you've done it it's like woohoo it's fantastic definitely so that's where we are and we're up leveling to be where we feel our skills can best contribute to the success of the company. I think that's so smart. We're feeling that so strongly Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we are really, I mean, in addition to just a startup, as you guys know, the cannabis industry is just this whole other beast with regulation and and breaking down stigmas and just building an industry from the ground up, really. Why did we do this? I know, right? (laughs) Good thing we can get high. Guys, we're smoking our vape pens and joints and drinking our tea. So... um, Part of our podcast is really giving women real day-to-day tools or advice that they can use as they're going about their day. So as we're talking about breaking this grass ceiling or glass ceiling, however we want to talk about it, in maybe some of those investor meetings, what have you learned in talking to a room full of men Mm -hmm. about how as a woman you can harness that, that power and that sort of emotional power that we have? to either change minds or make them, you know, kind of get to where you wanted um, while still having to like work with that kind of, you know, man, woman sort of dance that we right, have the to traditional do. Not construct. to get too, right, tradi- yeah. not to get mm. too like gendered, but yeah. Well, it, it I wish I had a, a, a silver bullet, but mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, all I can say is start with the stories, get them down to be very pithy, but mm-hmm. start with the story because Anyone in the room, even the most hardened asshole, will respond to a personal story. And they probably, their mother can't sleep or their sister can't, you know, has depression. or So there's always something that they can relate to. So starting with the story and then listening a lot and then just coming in hard with the facts that you that, that you know. You, you mm-hmm. really do have to establish yourself as being an authority of, of your own company because they will, there is a still a staggering amount of mansplaining that happens. Oh, my gosh, staggering. Staggering, it's right? It's amazing. Right? It's amazing. I got there mansplained any about menopause. Oh, no, <laughs> no, you did not. Oh, God, that's... that's I actually got to hear that point, story later. Mansplaining. Did, did you good? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. No offense, yeah. I got this. Yeah, and we have that on the wall of our office before they come into the conference room. Yeah, some of them can't read, but uh, <laughs> they uh, that it is staggering. That was staggering to me when I first got into it. Was just just the patriarchy still very much in existence, but in covered up with this business parlance. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can tell very quickly if there's as much listening going on on their side of the room. Mm. And as much question asking, 
Uh, we we really do look at the questions they ask. Are they insightful? Are they stupid? Could they have gotten the answer off our website? Because that happens a lot too. They yes. haven't done their homework. Um, so, but I want, I want to, this shouldn't be a man bashing session. No, you know, no. we love men. I'm married Definitely, to one yes. who's wonderful and you're married to one who's wonderful. You're married to yes. one. So w- w- there, there's some really fabulous men out there and we have some of them invested in Kikoko and you do Garden Society. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We just had an article in Entrepreneur and it was how women can unite. And it was exactly that where. You know, in the cannabis industry, I think it's really interesting because there's a stigma and stereotype around the likes of Ignite and Dan Bilzerian, and we see the naked ladies, and we see the sushi episodes of, right? And so there's this counterculture of, you know, anti-feminism. But then I really believe through all my corporate experience, and probably both of you would as well, in my personal journey, that men can be our best champions by far because- they break those barriers and they basically will pull us through that glass ceiling. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's just not enough women up there to do it. Yeah. So we have to do it ourselves with the support of the men around us to really drive that future that we want. And I think, I think they can be super difficult and especially ones who mansplain and are condescending, but they can also be amazing supporters of us and propel us. I mean, that is the reason I had my big corporate job is I had a boss who gave me opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with our investors is we have men. We can't find a woman to be on our cap table for the life of us. Oh, we've got lots of women investors. Oh, well, we're struggling. Our first, our first, Two investors were women. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Awesome. Congratulations. I mean, that's like a data point yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is. And, and, and I, I, would, I would put an appeal out there to all women investors because there's just not enough activity going. And in this industry, we hear them all talk about it, yeah, 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 and then they don't do it. Mm-hmm. And it's very disappointing. Well, um, that was going to be the next thing that I brought up is because we, I don't want to genderize this con this conversation too much. I think a lot of the weight sits on women lifting each other up mm-hmm. and supporting each yep. other and yep. doing things like sharing information, supporting each other. You guys have been such good advocates of us and we appreciate that so much and we hope that we can return that to you. Um so I guess maybe you could share with us a little bit about um an instance in which you've seen kind of women like working against each other and how we can kind of shift that to work together and to really lift each other up without, you know, giving away the the family secrets, I'll mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. We all have businesses to run. Right, right. Like, like Carly said, like you guys have been wonderful to us and we hope to do the same for you. And so how can there be oh, more Oh, you already of that? have. You already well, have. Well, thank you. Yeah, you really have. Well, it's about authentically supporting each other. Exactly. shit's hard enough. And there's, so, <laughs> and there's plenty of space for all of us. Yeah, and exactly. And we can just all boats rise. Yes. So, um, gosh, without naming names, I, 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 I just have we've, – we've felt like we've been jerked around by some well-known female investors in the cannabis space who – make you jump through all these hoops and then they just go radio mm-hmm. silent. And um, they don't even get far enough that they you think they've made a well-informed decision. Mm-hmm. So, But look, this is this this is what it's like in venture capital. Mm-hmm. Some tiny amount, it's, it's under 10%. I think it's under less, I think it's less I think than it, 8%. It's under 2%. Th- it's no, under I think three, it's a little more than that. I think it's 2.7%. No. I think I heard on a, they were having this fascinating conversation on NPR the other morning on my way to Circular Summit. Oh, really? And I think, yeah, it's gone, or maybe it's under, it's under either three or 4%. Anyways, long yeah, story I short. Think yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a grown tiny, a little I've, bit. Yeah. It's grown, I've, I've, but not I've heard a bunch. <laughs> yeah. But it's, 
it, it that's inexcusable yeah. right mm-hmm. that that is just wrong mm-hmm. because basically those that says we don't have faith that women are capable of running businesses and i will tell you right now damn it we are mm-hmm. we are and we're running very good businesses and very tight ships and mm-hmm. great creative and high quality products and um, we don't f- splash money around like some of the other <laughs> cannabis companies. Sushi bars and billboards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, I was sitting on a panel at a conference called Trailblazers in Utah, and um, a CMO of a very well-known brand in California said, oh, well, we we only put products on our shelves. That makes sense. We're not in this for charity. And I I was the next panel and I got up and we got to give like a closing remark, all the panelists. And so my closing remark was, women are a damn good investment and we make money. We're not a charity. Yeah. And we're not your philanthropic dollars. It's absolutely You true. give those to mental health to veterans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's that's return yes. profit. Exactly. Good for and you. And so it's like calling that to the table, right? And this perception of females and not to genderize it, but in this conversation, it does have to be genderized mm-hmm. to a degree. We have because, to genderize it. Yeah. Because it is so like, for some reason with women, they think it's this, oh, my philanthropic arm. And it's like, wait, no, look at our profit margin or look at the business we're building or look at our brand impressions. Well, I have deep respect for the male investors that are truly believing that diversity in all forms makes a better company mm-hmm. and diversity uh, in their portfolio is is going to bring return and it's true right they, mm-hmm. they did this they've got the research to prove it the venture capital dollars just aren't following mm-hmm. I don't know why I think it look we've all seen that male money pouring in the same investments mm-hmm. um and I don't it doesn't make any sense to me but who am I you, who what, is- ha- what have you gone through with the um larger cannabis companies so in the cannabis industry, this really interesting mashup of the OGs, so the old school people. And now at this point, all of us are considered yeah, OGs sort of, yeah. because <laughs> we're three years old. Yeah. But then there's this new capital coming in and the new multi-state operators and the companies yep. that go public oh, and the yeah. Canadian Stock Exchange and all this new corporate money flowing. Mm-hmm. So what have you experienced between the old industry and the new industry when you talk about breaking the grass ceiling? Oh, well, I mean, the statistics, can, when, when we first got, we've been around four and a half years. We founded the company four and a half years ago. So we really are one of the OGs, but I, we, I don't think we are. I mean, I, I view Steve D'Angelo and the those that crowd yes. to be the real OGs. For sure, but, for sure. But Because they, they made it all possible for the rest <laughs> of us. But it's changed so much. So I mean, when we first started, we couldn't get a good lawyer. No, we just couldn't. We couldn't get a good lawyer. Mm. We couldn't bank. I mean, you know, there are ways around that now. <laughs> um, and I would say that people four years ago, well, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Shit. That's okay. <laughs> what was I going to say? What, what was? No, but just we it were... was so. It was probably so much more less accepted. Oh yes, it it really it was completely less accepted. Yeah. It was the stigma was so high we couldn't really even tell people. I couldn't tell the mothers at, at my kids' school what I was doing until mm-hmm. I decided. Oh, damn it, I'm going to tell them. But yeah, but that has changed. The money has come in now. I mean, the giant funds are coming mm-hmm. in, the giant funds. And women, we were 36%, remember, back in the day, mm-hmm. three years ago, I think, we were yeah. 36% of the cannabis industry. Now we're down to 25 Yeah. So that's that's a bad, sad trend, and it's because of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's interesting as much as we're talking about not genderizing this conversation. I think that there's too much going on just in general in the world (laughs) and in our country that it just, it has to be said and we have to, you know, rise up and support each other as women. I was having a conversation with um, our social media gal the other day and we were talking about how for years and years and years, it's been men supporting men because that's just been the culture and that's how it is. And so of course it's ingrained in them to kind of have this community with each other. And I think that that, you know, that's like something that has just been for so long. And so as if we as women can band together and it's not being exclusive, but it's supporting each other as a community Mm -hmm. to to lift each other up and of course have our cheerleaders from all genders, ages, races, whatnot. But, you know, really banding together as women to rise up and let our voices be heard. Yep. Um, Absolutely. And it's it's not said and done. And it is not, I mean, this there's still so much work to do. So yeah. And I yeah. think it's also calling out the bad actors because there's mm-hmm. women in our industry who don't support yes. other women. Uh, I'm yeah. sure you've experienced yes. this. We've definitely yeah. experienced this, yeah. whether it's a competitor, which is crazy because there's so much market room for everyone yeah. that none of yeah. us are really competitors at the end of the day. We're right. competitors with all these out-of-state brands trying to come in. And I, I'm just exhausted by people who can't support people authentically because at the end why is your insecurity tearing down other people? It's Well, that's true. Right? There's this, it's a greed mentality. And that's mm-hmm. what's gotten the entire world into so much trouble is mm-hmm. this greed mentality. Mm-hmm. What kind of saves me, I told Aaron this, I go in the wine aisle <laughs> right? and I stand there and I look at all of the brands on the yeah. shelf. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. all of the, I've granted yeah. some of them won't be on the shelf for long and it'll yeah. come in and out. Yeah. But I'm like, these are all bottles of wine. Sure, there's different varieties varietals and vintages and price points but like there are hundreds and hundreds Probably of thousands. different thousands of different brands of wine yep so if we can't as a cannabis industry help all of us, the you know the strong brands that are really trying to do the right thing and have a strong product work together to lift each other up i mean that's just what we've got it's to true. do i think so. <laughs> absolutely worldwide we, we need to do that definitely and it's a uh, it's a good cause. It is. Well, I love our conversation. I don't mean to cut us short. No, but that's okay. Joe over here wants us to talk about our spark of joy. Yes. So I did think of, um, I was trying to think earlier, I had a spark of joy yesterday and I remembered what it was. So um, I feel like we talk about Ophelia on this podcast a lot. I we need too. to have her on here. <laughs> hey girl, hey. So Ophelia made a post on Facebook yesterday and um, it was about Operation Evac. So this gentleman, Ryan, <clears throat> runs this um, charity and it's all about cannabis for veterans. Mm-hmm. And so I Good. will put all of the information for donation in our show notes. But um, it was Memorial Day yesterday. And I think in honor of that, um, we shared Ophelia's post about um, supporting Operation Evac. Unfortunately, with the regulations, it's become really difficult for him to get medicine to his patients. So um, again, we'll put that in the show notes. And that was my spark of joy was that realization of like, oh, yeah, there are things that we can do that are tangible that are going to make a difference. Um, so and, yeah, support and Ryan. And if anybody has leftover Hall of Flower samples or yes. any of those weird event samples, Emerald Cup, High Times Cup. We have stuff. We have things. Oh, yeah. So they would love all those kind of products. Okay, we can Good. connect that, you with Ryan directly. We absolutely have to do this because that's we just talked about this yesterday. Actually, somebody's got a whole crop that they can't sell. Oh, see, that's like exactly. Yeah, what they've got, it, you know what? They were they're a winery, 
They just decided, oh, we want to grow some cannabis, see how it goes, but they don't have a license, so it's... So now they're dead on arrival. And they don't want to sell it. So this so is exactly... I said, you know, that you can... I know where you can donate that, but this... This sounds perfect. It's yes. Awesome. So we'll put that in the show notes. Great. Um, we are smoking a lovely little headband, some Woo-woo. sativa to brighten our day. <laughs> I can't smoke indica in podcasts because I forget to talk. <laughs> I, I, I just sit here and get so I'm amazed by the conversation yeah. that I'm like. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here and you can't shut me up. <laughs> I'm more like, like you. Yeah. <laughs> I get chatty. They're like, oh, are you high? You haven't shut up for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> um, okay, my spark Your of joy. spark of joy, yes. Anybody want some more? I'm good. I'm good, you. actually. Um, yeah. That's my perfect. spark of joy is my co-founder, Carly. Aww, so I, I don't you. know if anyone out there knows, but I had ear surgery a week and a half ago. And between vacation and ear surgery, I've kind of been down and out and busy and so today, this morning on the way here, we had a powwow and just realigned. And I just am so grateful for you. And coming into today, being energized when I spent the last, like, the worst part about not hearing is you're just literally in your head. Echoing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's... So, like, every bad anxiety crevice <laughs> of your brain comes to the fruition because you can't talk, you can't hear. So you're like... Yeah, that sounds horrible. <laughs> monkey mind. Oh, it was so bad. But so thank you for all you do for us. Oh, and you're for so me. sweet. And thank I'm you. so excited to to be back. Yes, me too. I'm excited for you. Amanda, do you have any anything that sparked a joy for you recently? Oh, well, I have to. Well, obviously, now, now I feel like I should say that. Shout out to my friend, <laughs> yes. Scott Jen, who's, who's actually with her sick mother right now. Oh, and God she's her, yeah. Dialing for dollars. She's ra- we're raising money. Yes. Um, so bless her. She's just incredible. I again lifelong friend and business partner. But I have to also add that my having my both my daughters in the house again right now. One just came back from college. Oh, cool. And it's that's just the spark in any mother's heart, right? Definitely. That, that I was thinking of that thing. earlier when you told me they went to school in Scotland. I yeah. was like, I have a th- as I mentioned, I have a three year old, and I think about like sending her off to college, and I know by then I'll probably be a little bit ready. Oh yeah, but maybe not like across an ocean. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's they're they're launched, they're launched, but it's fun to have a cup of Kikoko and with my adult kids. Isn't that cool? Oh my gosh, I can't. I mean, I I can wait for that day, but I also can't wait for that day. It's they're wonderful. Is there anything that's shocking to you with them being home? Like anything where you're like, whoa, I was not ready for that. No, but the boyfriend's coming to stay oh. yeah, for a week. Oh my god! Get this: we're taking him. We're, we're doing it. We have this thing in our family called FFF, which is forced family fun. <laughs> so we're doing. He's that. coming, and we're actually. I said to my daughter, we're, "Guess what we're doing? We're going on a road trip. We're taking him on a road trip my, in a car. In a car for a week. The Where boyfriend he has to talk to us. No escaping. Exactly. No I think we away. need to have a follow up podcast. <laughs> to hear about I the do. Road trip. I want to hear how this." Goes. Oh, we yeah. are definitely adopting FFF. F-F-F. Yes, me too. It yeah, that a, is it should good be a one. company for family fun within the company. Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely. doing that with my husband. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yep. Amanda, this has been really oh, fun. It's been fun for me too. Thank, thank you, you for so having me. Much. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Oh, I cannot you guys are wait awesome. for all that Key Cocoa and Garden Society yes. have to take on in the world. Exactly. Yeah. We are going to do it. Onward and upward. Yeah. Let us know what you want us to include in the show notes. If there's any cool events coming up or promotions or anything you want to do, and we'll put it in our okay, show definitely. Great. And then just one more time, um, let all of our listeners know how we can find Kikoko. Oh, kikoko.com. And great. we did just launch our honey shot. So you've got to try our honey. Yes. It's really beautiful. It's delicious. It's 
delicious. I've had it. So it's good. So good. So, so good. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. Well, and I'm going to yours. go eat some edibles and drink some tea. <laughs> What's yeah. up next, Carly? Um, so we have our final episode. This is so sad. <laughs> but um, so we have our final episode with the season of the season. We have a beautifully special guest for that episode. And um, then we're going to take a little break and be back in the fall. But we have loved sharing all of these stories with you, our listeners. We hope that you'll send us some feedback and things that you want to hear. Um, and we'll give you some more information on that next episode. Till then, cheers. Bye. Bye. Be sure to check the podcast show notes at thegardensociety.com for a deeper dive into each episode. Engage with Carly and Aaron via social at GRDN Society. If you like what you hear, help spread the joy. Subscribe, rate, and review Garden Society, the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Garden Society, the podcast is produced by Joanna Newding and recorded in the Casually Baked Studio in downtown Oakland, California. Sound engineering is performed by Arnav Gupta. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.